I'm Ruxandra Guidi, host of The Catch, a podcast from Foreign Policy and the Walton Family Foundation about the seafood we eat and the impact it can have on our world. This season, we'll hear how Norway is handling cod's changing migration patterns and what it says about fisheries in other parts of the world. Season three of The Catch is out now. This is all told from the Washington Post. In this episode, we peer into the life of Rachel Leach. She's 21, and the week that she recorded voice memos for the Post was supposed to be the week that she graduated from the College of St. Rose in Albany, New York. But instead of parties and ceremonies, she spent the week by herself. Of course, without a real commencement, but hey, it's fine. My friends and I did a little commencement of our own. This kind of thing's happening all over the country this year. The communal gatherings that mark major life transitions are gone, and we're left to process these shifts on our own. Now, Rachel got a degree in music education with a concentration in saxophone. She's the first in her family to graduate from college, and now she's in upstate New York in Lewis County. It's a place closer to Ontario than Albany visit, you'll find that the saying that there's more cows than people is definitely true. But the pandemic touched people here. There have been nine confirmed cases, and Rachel was even in contact with a person with COVID-19 right before her recordings, which spanned May 9th through the 18th. Rachel quarantined herself, and she had extra time to reflect. Here's Rachel in her own words. I just got so defeated and so depressed when when this whole thing happened because everything happened at once. One minute I knew my recital was canceled. The next minute we got told to leave campus. The next minute classes were online the rest of the semester. The next minute commencement got canceled. And then all my summer concerts got canceled. The village band, I play in the Lava Village Band, that got canceled for the summer. All these things are out of safety and they have to happen. But, you know, damn, when everything happens at once, it's hard not to feel bummed, so... My freshman year, I watched, there was only one uh, senior saxophonist when I was a freshman, but I remember watching her recital and just getting excited. It's like, oh, I can practice and do really good, and that can be me. And it felt really real. The weeks coming up to it, I was getting ready for my dress rehearsal, and, you know, it just, life happened. So, I might not be able to say I put on the recital, but, I was ready to, and I have my cool program, and I'm going to print it out. I have a cheapo little printer I got on clearance at Walmart like two years ago. I've actually been getting a lot of use out of it lately. So I'm going to go ahead and print it, and I'm going to make like a little, little scrapbook of my senior year. just looking through my old high school yearbook and kind of jogging some old memories and some reflections and stuff on my journey through college. It's really an amazing feeling. It just got me thinking like all the hard work I've done to get here and get to this point 
it wasn't easy um, by any means. I mean, no one has it easy, but thinking about all the all the that I overcame to get here is really quite. I think it's impressive, and for once, I'm gonna say it. Like, I'm proud of myself, and you know, Dad was a. Uh, in prison when I was born, and then from then on, just he um, put me down for a nap. He lived at his at his parents, my grandparents, um, up and left. That was the last time I saw him for ten years. So that was the end of his visitation. Never paid child support until like last year when they made him. Um, you know, he's I, th I think he's staying out of trouble now, but still, you know, just I don't care how you act now. It's okay. My friends and my friends' parents took care of me. And my grandparents and my great-aunt Joe and my great-uncle and my godmother Bertha and her mother. Bless them. Um, Mom is no much better. Or not much better, I mean, rather. Um, when I was little, I didn't understand. Because we, of course, got food stamps, housing, um, heat for the winter to help keep heat in the house, etc. And... I didn't understand what that was. I just thought that was something everybody got. I just assumed the government helped everyone live. Today is um, Saturday, May 9th, 2020. It's 8.45 p.m. and I just finished my day of graduation stuff. It's supposed to be a day that's really exciting and... I remember watching last year's seniors graduate. I just got filled with such excitement that that would be me next year and that I'd get to celebrate with my family and my loved ones. And I just, that excitement's gone. I'm still happy and excited, of course, at the fact that I've technically graduated and I, I'll be getting my degree in the mail. But it has me feeling hollow and sad and I don't know. I think the moment I realized my life was a little different, kindergarten. When Father's Day came around, we were supposed to make this little book thing. Like, you'd cut, you'd have a head cut out, and then you'd draw, you know, as kindergartners will. Like, you'd color the hair and the eyes. Then you're supposed to fill it in with memories with your dad. And I just fought them tooth and nail that I didn't want to make one because he didn't deserve it. And I didn't know what he looked like. And I just remember the face on Mrs. C was just, like, so sad. And reflecting back, too, I just, I know I notice now the little things that people would do. Um, I remember in second grade, Mrs. Buckingham would keep extra snacks for me, and at the time, I, d I just thought I was, you know, oh, she likes me, I'm her favorite, because she'd keep extra crackers with the honey peanut butter that I liked, and I would eat those. I got the free milk when they delivered milk for snack time. You know, they'd send the kid up to the classroom with little carton things of them. I could never afford it, so I don't remember if they just gave it to me or if the teacher paid for it, but... Um, the money thing kind of became more obvious the older I got. Um, our, our high school band, um, the first year they did shirts, they were free, and then the second year they were only $5, and I just asked Mom for $5, and to this day that was the last time I asked her for money because... She blew up at me for asking her for $5 for a school shirt. From then on, I was like, you know what? I'm going to work and I'm going to make my own money. I'm never going to listen to you yell at me like that again. And I did. I got my first dishwashing job at um, Steak and Brew nearby. 
kept that till I graduated, went to college, and then the second half of freshman year, I got my interview for Stewart, so I was set to start the summer after freshman year. And that's how I've been paying the bills since. I worked really hard there. Before I knew it, I was getting close to full-time hours. I got promoted to shift leader, and I keep getting pay raises. The company's good about that regardless, but... That's how I've been paying the bills, essentially, is... You know, I got my steward's job, and I kept up with my work-study job, and I just saved whatever I could so I could pay for gas and car repairs. And I had just grown so accustomed to mom not being able to afford things, I just wouldn't ask. And fortunately, my godmother loved to spoil me, so she kept clothes for me, and she kept me, you know, having nice clothes. And she's the reason I actually got to start band because if if my dear Bertha hadn't bought my first saxophone renting just wasn't an option and I just would have never had the chance the reason I chose saxophone specifically by the way this is cute I really liked the Pink Panther growing up, and so I just love the saxophone. That's why I picked, wanted to play it. Um, I practiced two hours a day, and I was pretty routine with it, and routine how I went about it. I'd start with technique exercises and things of that nature, and then I would go into, you know, whatever etude book I happened to be studying and working on my music that I was working on, and honestly amazing I'm willing to share this because I'm usually self-conscious about my practice um, but you know this is what it takes to build musicianship um, uh, this is not pretty sounding music this is just the practice session that goes into music so don't judge me Here's a recording of Rachel that is essentially a dress rehearsal for her senior recital. The actual recital never happened due to the pandemic. Now, Rachel did get some good news over this time period. She was accepted to graduate school in music education at Syracuse University. I'm really doing it. I'm really setting foot into this new chapter of my life, and I never expected to be given such an amazing opportunity. You know, that's something that just happens to rich people or famous people or doesn't happen to people like me, and it, it is. And I can't, I'm just so beyond excited that I can't even quite fathom it. So. So, for more reasons than one, my life is kind of a whirlwind of emotions amid this whole thing, but, you know, I, I have so much to be happy for. There's no point in dreading on the sadness.
Wednesday, May 13th. Yeah, my recent run-in with COVID has been... I don't know. I, I, I just I keep feeling the sense that I'm lucky, and I'm just thankful. I'm happy. I'm optimistic I'll be negative, but either way, I'm staying at my house for one more week. I got all my paperwork sorted out for work, so... I love my manager. He's wonderful. He pulled me out this week, and he told me not to worry about it. And since the paperwork is in to the people that need it, um, I'll be paid for all my shifts this week without, you know, exposing anybody to me. So that's great. Um, it still almost doesn't feel real, I guess, because it doesn't, it doesn't. It was weird because it's like, oh, it finally made it into my life. And I don't mean that in a positive way, but it was like, oh, it's, it's here now. But um, when it's safe, of course, I, I really can't wait for the day we don't have to wear masks anymore. Um, you know, I will do it as long as the health officials say it's a good idea because I firmly believe in listening to experts in the field and not my twice-removed cousin on Facebook who has an opinion. That's just a joke. <laughs> but, you know, that'll be exciting. That'll be worth celebrating. But, yeah, so that's that. After doing some errands and working on some stuff at the house, I'm doing my daily get outside and today I'm going to the, the Moose River Hiking Trail. It's also known as the Agers Trail. It's one of my favorites. It's a short little mile and fortunately I'm the only one here, which is again normal because this trail isn't really that known. Um, perfect way to social distance and keep away from people and still enjoy nature, so... I always found this little spot to be kind of funny. It's just like this, I don't know, for lack of better words, a, a pool. Like it doesn't look like it goes out to the river. Doesn't look like anything comes out or goes to it. It must just be some, I don't know. It's like a tiny pond, I guess. It's gross. The water's black because it's so full of crap. But it's still pretty in its own way. not so pretty side of nature. People leaving their beer bottles all around. Sometimes I hate humans, but not everyone's like that, so. It's just, I don't want to get all excited and mark all these dates in my calendar for SU in the fall and graduation in the fall just to have them ripped away again so it comes back to this internal argument I've been dealing with like well how far do I plan do I even bother you know I feel relaxed and safe almost you know secure under the cover of all these trees I also don't feel confined by it either. I feel very... I actually feel very free and open. One of my best friends... Her grandma lived on Shively Road in Lions Falls for years. Has this gorgeous house. 
where I'm standing right now, I can see the house across the river. I spend a lot of time in this house growing up, and it's cool because I can see it from right where I'm standing. So, the house meant a lot to me. I always get filled with joy coming on this trail because I get to see that house that, in a way, was my childhood home too. Spent a lot of nights there, a couple holidays, Easter, Christmas. We went swimming in that spot I was just standing above so many times. Swimming, painting, just girl stuff. It gives me time to sort out my thoughts and feelings. So thankful, you know, even with everything going on that my life is still has a bright future ahead. And I think I can't wait to teach and to teach children just like me and to know that maybe I could save another child like me who feels that this is really their only option. Thanks to Rachel for sharing these recordings that were condensed and produced by me, Bishop Sand. The episode was edited by Lillian Cunningham and Ariel Plotnick. Want to tell us about your life during the crisis? Go to WashingtonPost.com slash podcasts for more information on how to get in touch. Ready to set off on your captivating journey into the botanical world? NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you to pursue your passion as a budding plant person. Guided by professionals, dig into gardening, botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Grow your skills with online learning your way. Register at nybg.org.